Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece, as always, here with Samantha Tradelius. How are you? Gosh, I'm doing so well. I feel like we've been seeing a lot of each other because we've been recording a lot. And I know. every day, a new woman that comes up on the screen is it like they're just so exciting. I'm so excited to be here. I know. It's cool. We've actually been able to um expand our reach a little bit more and meet uh, some amazing women from all over the world. And uh, today, no exception, coming to us from Canada is Julia Bao of Bao Laboratories. Julia, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Thank you. So your company is all about organic skincare, organic beauty products, skincare specifically. Um, you, I, like, first of all, I can't even sit in the same room with you. So it's a good thing that we are not because <laughs> you, you have a PhD in chemistry. Like, um, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mince words and tell you that, well, I will tell you that I, when I was in college, I took a class, it was literally called chemistry for the non-scientist. Um, that's as much chemistry as I can do. You, uh, you're a brain power. And what I love is you've taken this amazing brain power and shifted it for good for the women specifically, but men too, of the world to really change the way we take care of our skin. So tell us a little bit, back us up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how you decided PhD in chemistry. Uh, I want to take that, take that to the beauty industry because that's not necessarily a leap that we normally see. Yeah. Uh, it's actually very interesting. Well, um, well, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me um, to talk about like my uh, story. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm a kind of like a nerd when I was in school. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was studying chemistry, more specifically biochemistry, and in uh, um, in Toronto, York University, and um, I spent most of time just uh, studying. And then when I when I was uh, um, uh, at the very late stage of my uh, bachelor degree, and I, I, I have to do a thesis project. So I just find uh, my old supervisor, and then I'm kind of lazy in that way because when I'm <laughs> doing something, I'm just constantly just doing it. I don't, so think, I don't think there's anything lazy about, about I you. I don't think lazy is what I throw at you. I'll, I'll let you get away with that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. Anyway, we digress. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm just constantly doing whatever I'm doing. So I, I stay with my old uh, supervisor and I did my bachelor, my master, my PhD in the same group and doing the same project. And I always thought maybe that's uh, pretty much the life that I, 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 I'm probably going to go to, uh, you know, like doing research. And then I was studying drug discovery. I was um, like doing a small molecule drugs, like my formulation is all about. But back then, I always thought maybe I just finish either be a professor or go to a pharmaceutical company. Um, but however, at the very late stage of my studying, there are two, I would consider those are two major triggers that really, really changed my mind. Well, first of all, like my project was finished and, and then I thought I'm going to continue with it, but uh, eventually it was getting canceled by the because it was a collaboration project with a really huge pharmaceutical company, and um, the main reason it's not because we didn't finish. We finished the whole project. All the results are good, and but um, the project 
was wasn't really considered as profitable. It's so, all about the almighty dollar for those big companies. They are profit driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 really changed my mind. First of all, I was kind of upset, but on the other hand, I was thinking maybe that's how real world uh works. It's not really about what can you do uh with your skills. It's more about like how real things really works. So that 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 at that time, I think business is really kind of started to attract me. Another thing is when I was uh, at the very late stage of my study, I was trying to write up my report. And um, I, I basically just sitting at home and writing uh, in front of my computer. And then at that time, that the mask, like official sheet mask was a huge thing. And then I see a lot of like these masks in the supermarket. I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And then uh, they say the word, the influencer, the KOL, I always talk about it, how good that is and how good they are to your skin. So I'm just sitting in front of my computer and doing three or four masks every day. And then about after a month or so, I start to have rush all over my body. Oh my God. Then- oh, there it is. Yeah, it's not so great for you, influencer. <laughs> uh- I wouldn't say, but it's just maybe they don't use as much as I do. Maybe they use twice a week or so, but I'm using like three or four times a day. Maybe that's a little too much. And then because of my chemistry background and I started to, I I, I didn't think about like what exactly triggered that reaction. Maybe it wasn't really the mask, maybe something else. But then that's the only thing I did differently like compared to my regular life. So I started to read at the backside of the packaging and see exactly what's inside because because even though I'm I'm in a I'm in a chemistry major, I never really read about what what's there. And then I just go to the supermarket and grab my shampoo, my my facial cleanser, my cream, and then I started to realize like those are the things I'm actually in the using in the lab. And then I know a lot of them are actually not really good for mm-hmm. human body. Maybe to certain concentration, maybe when I'm using in the lab is really high concentration, but you know, um, so I started to look into that and then I think why why should I do this way not the way like I think is correct so when I finished my my studying uh I decided to 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 do this I was like you know what let's just start something um by myself so that's a whole story how I get started that's amazing and to be able to like flip something over and first of all know what the hell those things are because yeah I can't us- even pronounce them I don't even know. They might as well be in, you know, a completely different orbit. Um, We have a very good friend of ours, uh, Jeannie Jarno, who is of the same mindset. She owns Beauty Heroes. I don't know. It's a company here in the States. Um, But her philosophy is very, you know, similar to, you know, providing Mm -hmm. a cleaner solution to skincare because so many of us do not know or understand what we're putting on our bodies and how it's affecting us in different ways. Your products, uh, you have so many different products. Um, When you started, did you have just one or two or did you, I mean, I'm assuming the line has kind of evolved over the years, right? Yeah, uh, we started uh, started from four basic formulation. Those are, I think three facial serum oil and one uh, facial serum. If you if you take a look of our products, they are mostly serums or serum oil. It's because 
we don't use cream or lotion because I consider the cream or lotion are large molecules because they use they have to use fillers or surfactant to create the body of the cream or lotion. So because my major was in small molecule, I love small molecules. So I, I was like, when I do something, I have to do small molecules. So that's how we get started. Which that's, is, yeah, that's very ahead. cool. I um here's here's kind of the evolution in my world, and I think a lot of people's world of skincare. Okay. So when we're in like our teens and 20s, we're buying makeup and skincare at the drugstore, the grocery store. We're hitting, we're hitting CVS, we're hitting Safeway, right? This seems like a good thing. Then I swear to God, I had a, a friend's mother who said to me, when you are I, th I think it was 40. She said, when you turn 40, you should not be buying any skincare at the drugstore. You should only be buying it at the department store. So then we moved to department store stuff, overpriced department store stuff. And, and what I've discovered is actually, and no offense, Chanel, but the department store stuff is also not so awesome. Um, but it's taken me a lot of years to figure this out. So now that I have a five in front of my age, I have finally listened to um, the wonderful Jeannie Journal and have moved to totally organic. And you know, she just hyper curates everything and she looks at my skin. Here's what you need. Um, here's my question to you. How much have I fucked this up since I didn't, I'm a late, I'm a late adopter clearly in this um, organic beauty healthy regime is is reversal possible for all the damage i'm sure i did in my earlier years well first of all i because i'm looking at you i, I think your skin is great so don't worry about it oh, I, I, I think, <laughs> that I think zoom that zoom, zoom filter is so yes, good that's it <laughs> yes yeah um what i would say you know, when I, before I started my skincare, um, skincare uh, line, I was just using like the drugstore uh, cream or lotion. Uh, I had a super sensitive skin and obviously, and then I realized that, and then I started to, um, to use my own product since maybe since 2017, when I, when I started to have the skincare products, I never changed. I only use my, my own formulation. And I think my skin started to get better maybe after, um, well, you, 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 you can feel the transition in about two months, but then when it really cure, I would say like improve the sensitive condition, maybe after half, half a year. Mm -hmm. So really, my skin wasn't sensitive anymore. So I, I think four to four to six months should be enough for you to have a, a better skin condition overall. Uh, you should be able to see the difference in between two weeks to two months if you. So are you're saying correct. there's hope. There is. I. I. She's saying there's a chance. There. There is a. There's a chance. There like is it. a chance for you. So one of the things I find so fascinating here is that, you know, we've, we've talked to, you know, folks that own, you know, lines where they're selling the lines, but I've never, I don't think we've ever had a sit down with someone who's formulating the products and, yeah. and realizing what works, what doesn't work. How long does, has it taken you to really find a formula that, that is functional? And I've used your products before. Um, it was in a gift bag that I received and it's good stuff. Um, so like, what's the start to finish to like having something on a shelf that you can sell? Um, 
it really depends on the formulation. Um, the for the more more like natural oil type of formulation, it doesn't take that long. I would say typically the whole formulation part may be four months, two to mm -hmm. four months, and and then then it's a production, and then eventually you want to bring that to the shelf. I would add another four to six months, mm -hmm. like that. But some of the uh, more like um serum type of or water-based serum type of formulation where we put like our vitamin C serum, like really it has like it really shows like the really the fast change of your skin conditions. And that took us about a year and a half, but that was a patented um formulation. So yeah. you you have this background in, in chemistry and small molecule development and, and the product development piece, the creation is sort of that's that's where you come into play. But there's so much more when you develop a line and, and you touch on a little bit with production and bottling and pricing mm -hmm. and and getting the product out to the consumer. Like where where did you learn? Like what what resources did you bring it on to learn that part? Because uh, it it's I, I think it's maybe different sides of the brain. Maybe both sides of your brain are firing more than either side of mine for sure. But um, how did how did you then take this skill and then go? Yeah, I'm going to turn this into a business. Um. Well, first of all, I know how to do formulation because that's what I learned. I've been training for more than ten years to do to do that. So we leave that part. It's it the it is really hard when when I uh, when for. I would say for a formulator to start to do business because uh, in the very beginning, I just spent a lot, like a lot of resource, a lot of money and a lot of my time just to do the formulation of, okay, great. We have a great product, but I have no idea how to sell them. Um, the bottling, I would say, it just, you know, I just look at the bottle from the other brand. Oh, I like this style, I like that style. Let's copy them. Perfect. Why? Why reinvent the wheel? That's how we started, right? We look at that. Mm, that looks good, and then we hire maybe a designer to, you know, something similar to that, but then but different. That's mm -hmm. how we all get started, and then I don't know how to write. I don't know how to do ads. I just, you know. Google, how how to do Google ad. And it's all start from there. And then in the very beginning, I I have no customers. So start with some friends and families. Hey, do you want to try my product? And then they're great. And then I have a, you know, set up an online store. It's not that hard. Uh, I think in the very beginning, we started with um, Squarespace. I, I believe mm -hmm. that's a company. Yeah. Yep. I spent some time, uh, spent some money with some um, um, graphic designer, and then I still remember that guy. And then he helped me to uh, to build an online, you know, e-commerce store, and then start to invite friends and family to, you know, if you really like my product, maybe you can place order online, we can ship it to you, and all start from there. It just little by little because but that's the journey and and I love it because you're very much like we are. It's throw some spaghetti on the wall and you know what? If it sticks, great. And if not, whoop, let's try something try different. Something yeah. So here's a question I have because I'm a you're online, you've got a great online presence. Um this is a great like 
United States, Canada, because I know what's acceptable in the States might not. I don't know. Like, I know UK is very different than, you know, mm-hmm. North America. Like, are there different things you have to consider when you're making a product in Canada and selling it in the US or does it not matter? Um, or, you know, those types of things, I'm sure, are, are learning curves, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh it really depends on how do you claim your product in the very beginning. Um, I give you an example. For example, like we claim our product as regular skincare product, but there's a very fine line between the regular skincare product and pharmaceuticals, at least in Canada, uh, according to House uh, Canada. For example, if you use a regular toothpaste, if there is no fluorine in it, that's a cosmetic. If there's a fluorinated uh toothpaste is a drug product so did not know that yeah to make it simple we claim our products to be regular skincare product then i don't have to apply for like a different numbers different um different go through different regulation to be able to sell either in canada and us but then we are start to develop like more like functional uh skincare product is more like a well, healthcare products. So in that way, we can have better uh, or like more claims in order to help our customer to make their decisions. But we, we are still working on that part. But to simplify, like our my answer is in the very beginning, if we just claim to be regular skincare product, there's no much regulation. Which it's is a- another problem in its own right, because people are just throwing shit together and and putting it online and like women are buying it and they don't know what it is. I mean, not everybody's got the background that you do that's actually cares and knows what they're doing. Um, so that's a whole nother situation. To t- I, I think we could have a whole nother podcast about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all about regulation. So, uh, but still like all the products has to uh, register in uh, House Canada, I, I, at least in Canada, like they all have to get a cosmetic number and then go through the review and, and all, all that. Make how sure long does that take? Um, a few months for each product. And how much does the government rate you for that? Like how much do they charge for that shit? Oh, they don't charge. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the U.S. government would charge. This is another reason we need to move to Canada. I okay? mean. <laughs> I don't think the government charge a lot, but if you don't do, because we do that by ourselves, but if you hire another, for example, another company, another consulting company, they charge a lot. Uh-huh. But if you just have to, you know, you know, sit there and do all the work. Since, since we are do uh, we are doing our uh, own formulation, so we know exactly what concentration of each ingredient in there. So it's easy for us to do that ourselves. But for example, if it's just a brand, they they hire another uh, factory to make this formulation. Maybe that's an, that's another story. So you came up with these amazing formulations and then you used your resources and Google to figure out how to build a business around it, which is amazing and fantastic. But you were not done there. You went, hey, now that I've got this business, I want to make sure that we have a social justice piece in the way that we operate every day. So touch a little bit about that, because I think that is a really cool extra bonus in the way that you have set up your business and your company. Yeah, it's it's very important uh, for us to, you know, to have a social responsibility, I believe, like for, for our new type of, well, I would say for all business, I think 
everyone has their um to have a right to I, I at least for for me for for in the very beginning like when I started this program or when I started this project, I want to be able to make people to realize like what exactly is in the formulation so they know they can make a better decision. And then um, when I develop, start to develop more of this brand, I just feel like, especially when I know a little more about like a real world compared to the research field, um, I just feel like people should have, um, I mean, treating each other better giving you know more fair um opinions and decisions that's that's how i started like i work with um all the influencers from the back, uh, different background and then we support a lot with um um like women entrepreneur and the women uh, supporting groups and uh, our our company is 100% women owned. I know we have all the ladies here working with us. I like to work with ladies, first of all, because we all try our products and then they can give me the immediate like suggestions. They like this, they don't like that. And, and another thing is um, um, it's easier for us to communicate. And we also support like a lot like World Vision and of the local um sickest hospital in, in Toronto to just to make us feel good that like we can create through our own um own hand um to make a better world. Your, so, your whole mindset I think is so revolutionary. I mean, and it's not normal because you you think of someone who's got that science brain to be very, you know, in a in a box, very smart, you know, not really. But but what you're providing, I think, to women that you're employing, women in your community, I mean, that is very cool. And I think that uh, a lot of women can take away the power of women. There, there's something about this energy that when a bunch of women get together, you know, we feed off each other and we we elevate the environment. And I and I it's kind of like a little secret that maybe we don't want to share with everyone else. <laughs> or maybe we do. I don't know. Um, but how cool. And how many uh, women do you have uh, working for you now? How oh. big is your team? We have uh twelve people. We are twelve people. Oh, of course, there are, there are some part time and some full time. About uh, we have about like a ten full time here right now. Um, we have two gentlemen. You know, a little little token man in there. It's good. It's okay. good. Yeah, just three guys. And so here's another question: being an you know having being a boss and being an employer, that's a whole nother you know job within itself. And you know it's. I don't care what industry you're in, you know, employees are, it's a tough part of business in general. What is the one um, thing that you've learned maybe the hard way or something that you could perhaps offer, you know, some words of wisdom to fellow employers out there, something you've learned that could help us because it is, it is tough. One thing very interesting because, uh, uh, when, when we were talking about, we mentioned a word like being boss, um, one thing I learned uh, is that if I if I come to the office, I start to make coffee or tea for all the ladies in the group, and then we will have a very productive day. So that's that's my job. Uh, maybe I'm getting a little busier right now, but my like before when I just first come to the 
uh, workplace, the, the first thing I do is to make coffee for all the ladies in, in the room to make sure like they, they are taken care of and, and they are happy and they, they're doing whatever they're doing. I always tell them to stay there, don't move. I'm going to make your coffee because you're doing more important things than, than I do too. I think it's very important to encourage them um, to know like there's, they are so important. They are more important than, than I am like in the group. So, so that's, I think one of the most important things in terms of um, uh, how to manage a, a business, at least a small business like, right. like mine. To, to lead without ego is, um, it's, a, it's a really challenging thing for a lot of people. Um, so I, I have always, I literally just said it again today. I've always said to the people on my team, I will never ask you to do anything I'm not willing to do myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if it's making coffee, taking out the garbage. Um, we have a small office here, a, a smaller office here, Marin, and, and the cleaning woman was sick. This was a few weeks ago. So I went in there and cleaned the bathroom. Like I, I, I'm okay with that. Because I don't want that, like you said, I don't want them using their time that I'm paying them for to clean the bathroom. I'll do that. Um, So I I love that approach. Sadly, it is probably unique. And um, I wish there were more people that would um, approach it as a servant leader in the way that you have. Uh, Okay, so you've had this company for six years, you've grown it, you're, you're thriving, you've got employees, you're, you're changing the economy, yay for you. Uh, what's next on the horizon for you and your company? Are you are you looking to expand to other markets? Are you looking to expand your product line, or so? What what are your what are your next steps for twenty twenty three? Oh, it's a very good question. Um, in twenty twenty three, I I think the the expansion is uh it's um uh, I would say the main thing. I'm looking into uh, creating another line, probably under the same brand name, but creating a new line, uh, a more like, um, um, I would say more, more like, like the modular or more basic line. So uh, if it, if you're thinking about like our products, yes, uh, it's, it's a great product, but sometimes like for different um, demographics, like they would consider it's a little at still at like pricier range. It's hard for them to try. So I want to create something like a more like general, um, like the modular. So, uh, for the younger generation, like they can, um, they don't have to spend that much money to to try and to get to know um, this type of a small molecule formulation. Um, at, at at least to help them start to realize uh, what they are using for uh, on their face. Do you find that in? I mean, I know here in the states, there's definitely a push towards this clean beauty, blue beauty movement. Um, is that the same spoken word in Canada? Like, are they adopting the concept or is it, are you still so far away removed? Like, are the masses getting it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, clean beauty is, uh, it's a big thing. And then we, we, we do our, we do follow all the clean beauty and the pure vegan uh, trend. Um, but sometimes I feel like the clean beauty is really, in my opinion, maybe not even it, it. It's not enough. 
just talking about clean beauty, we see a lot of it's really for people, it's hard to explain. We see a lot of clean beauty, but it's it's just um, more like from saying there's no toxic or uh, there's no bad ingredients inside, but still, there are still a lot of fillers. Whenever you see a cream or lotion, like I, yes, it's clean beauty, but if it's really that lean, only only has like a concentrated like uh, um useful ingredients. That's that's the thing like we are trying to achieve. I I, I I'm not sure like if I can explain no. that like, to you. No, I get it. I get it. I think I think the word clean is overused, and it's probably when it's broken down to it's 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 probably not clean. And it's, you know, or it is with whatever the standard of clean is at the moment. And it may be completely, you know, unpeeled, you know, at the next year or the next uh, development. Julia, I think you are probably one of my most favorite guests because you are kind of this undercover badass, if you will. I mean, you are so smart. You're so talented. You're bringing, you know, such amazing things out into the world. And I can't wait to see what the next chapter for you of this journey is. So thank you for spending your morning with us. And for the rest of us out there this week, let's get out there and be inspired.